drinking? You know what I'm drinking. Coffee? You know it. I, <laughs> I am freaking dying. And we've been getting some pretty good sleep lately, but I just work. I mean, the yeah, normal, not, not the peripheral jobs, but the normal job is totally kicking me in the ding ding. In the ding ding? In the ding ding. Well, everybody, welcome to Sound Pollution. Yes, welcome. Come on in. Unbuckle your pants. Have a seat. <laughs> I'm really excited about this interview. I am so excited to talk to this individual. I mean, this man is like supermodel sexy. He has this great beard. I love his man, beard. And man bun that I can no longer support, but I like it. I'm just excited. And his songs are so great. So great. So funny. Reminds me when I was young and able to write something funny You're on so purpose. Lame. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we will have Artemis Wools. Artie. Yes. In the house. Very, very excited about it. So. That? So what? We have been really working hard on the tour. We have the second venue fully solidified. I. I have my trepidations as always because it's a live show um, and I'm not in control of everything. So I have trepidation. Is that really hard on you to not be in, in control? Are you a little bit of a control freak? No, I wouldn't say that. It's just I want everything. Would to you, be... though? Would you yes, not would. say that? I really Where's would. In fact, in fact, I'm saying it right now. <laughs> this <laughs> moment. What I is am it not the truth? controlling at all. But the thing is, is I want it to be really good for the artists. And mm -hmm. so that's causing me a big deal. But we did get the carousel opened up so we could support more performances. So yes. I'm pumped about that. If you're still interested in being part of the acoustic show, send us an email at soundpollutionpodcast.gmail.com or you can hit us up on Facebook uh instagram twitter tiktok i still am trying to figure out tiktok i gotta have more content but i don't have enough time for more content just work your way into her being people just work it Before we jump into this week's episode we wanted to give a moment to our friend gunner of the big gun show because they have something pretty cool going on this weekend Okay, so let's talk about uh, your release that's coming up, Aftermath and Gas, and uh, the big sh party you're throwing. So we're doing a, a show on the, the 16th of July, Saturday, at the Saxon Pub, and we're releasing a song called Aftermath and Gas. It's off the new album called Honky Rock, which is epic, by the way. And uh, it's a song about a guy that it, it's it, he, he, he loves this girl, but he sees her cheating on him, and and so that's kind of what it's about. So it's either, you know, the, the lyrics go, you know, one foot on the, one foot on, the, uh, what is it? Uh, one foot in the aftermath and the other on the gas. Thank you, Uncle Brent. That's a great line. It is a great line. And it's, I, it's one of the better songs I've written. So I, I really enjoy it. And I hope everybody else will. And if you do come out to the party, it's going to be epic. We're going to have special guests. We've got the whole, like this whole new honky rock album. Gates was on it. It's dedicated to him. He's gone, but he's going to be there in spirit. 
listen, no, check this out. But it helps the back and forth to see each other. It really does. I, I've done digital media a long time, okay? Uh, I, 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 I worked on stuff for a long time and nobody cared. So the fact that you guys took the time to do this means that I want to make sure it's as cool as possible for you guys, just from our experience and also what you're going to record later on. I'm sure it'll make for a better podcast. You are so sweet. I'm getting moist just from that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome to Brent. Brent is super duper appropriate. I am going to apologize in advance. I do cut half of his nonsense out because I don't want to get canceled. So my my secret my secret sauce community they're called the uh, the the coven and I assure you that they are uh, di- <laughs> they are dirtier than you could possibly get. Yeah, Brent. I mean, you you don't know that yet. I mean, and I I've been told to be professional because you're like a star. So <laughs> I, I'll be holding back at least twenty five percent. All right. Well, I'm that's a- more than I expected. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm trained in the art of documentary on both sides of the camera. So swing away. (laughs) I, first of all, I've looked at a bunch of your stuff. I've listened to a bunch of your stuff and I just want to thank you for taking time to create your art because what you do is a music thing, but it's also a comedic thing. And I appreciate that. And you, you don't just, you're not a musician like me. You're a musician that looks at social things. You poke fun at your own generation and ours too. I can appreciate that because I think someone needs to be out there saying the things you're saying. Um, Because I'm worried about us getting censored. And right now, comedians and funny musicians are the only thing to keep, keep us in check. Because they're looking at what's going on and saying, really, guys, is this how it should be? Is this is this what is going on? And you're probably laughing and go, that song was about farts. That's that's <laughs> what it was about. But you have that in there. And so I appreciate that most of all about what you're doing, because it's important for old people like me whose lives are almost over. And um, <laughs> and it's just good to to see that. I'm not the only one going, is this right? Should we be thinking? Because me and Ronell have a lot of discussions offline about stuff going on. And we're just like, I can't believe this. Or did you hear about this? Or I can't believe the state is doing this. Stuff like that. Right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It's it's kind of, it's not something that I, when I originally joined, that I thought I would be doing. But I'm I'm very glad to sort of filled in that role um, because it was it was less than a year ago that you know I had sort of given up creatively on making things, and I, I had to reassess what I was doing. And I, th- this entire era, the reason that you guys know about me started with me not knowing what I wanted to do anymore, and not knowing what direction I wanted to go, and me just kind of turning on TikTok and just asking the internet, <laughs> the just giant void, and just saying, uh, I don't know, like I, you know, it started with. I had gone viral when I first joined TikTok. I was working as an essential worker at Trader Joe's, the number one Trader Joe's in the country uh, in New York City. And I had worked the entire um, pandemic. And, you know, in the middle of that, we saw a lot of things, a lot of like really traumatizing things of going from, oh, wow, we just got this job to be a part time gig so we could pay the rent to suddenly we're being called heroes and we're, we're having to 
listen to customers yelling at us and taking out the stress of the pandemic on us and spitting on us and not understanding why we are doing the things that we're doing to protect ourselves and the people we live with um, and just coming home from that every day. And having moved to New York to try to launch my music slash film career and then suddenly jumping into a pandemic and feeling like I'm just not making progress. I joined TikTok as a way to just kind of take 10 years worth of tinkering and dabbling with music and art and video and just do something with it. And I had found some early success in some videos, but it had been several months since I had gotten that dopamine rush of another viral video. And so I was just lost and I didn't know what to do. So I just asked the internet. I said, look, uh, my analytics say that because of the thirst trap Trader Joe video I did, <laughs> that thing was great. Ninety-three percent of my followers are women. So you know, for once in my life, let me try something. Let me try not having the answer. Let me try not being clever. Let me try cutting myself and bleeding on a canvas and asking them what color it is. Uh, so I just said, "What do you guys want to know about men?" Like truly, like I'm in a committed relationship at the time. I have no agenda here. I'm going to Trader Joe's tomorrow. What do you guys want to know? I, I have no reason to lie to you. And so they started asking me everything. And the more that I would answer, honestly, the more they kept asking. And that went back and forth for a couple of videos. And then I saw it. Someone said, what do you think about weaponized incompetence? And I said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and so I started reading. And the more that I read, I just, I just started seeing it. I just started seeing something that I could do that could not fix it, but just acknowledge that it had happened. I was addicted to the feeling that women seemed to have in the comment section that I was just telling them the truth and not telling them they were wrong, saying like, oh, that's fascinating. Wait, do you find that that always happens when you are with men? They're like, no, no, it happens all the time. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like the more that I was listening, the more they were enjoying it. And so I, I came up with this, like just, I didn't have the word. I have the word now. But at the time, there was a word spinning in my head that I was like, whatever this is, we can do something. Let's build something where they laugh at it because I'm not lying, because I'm just saying the real thing, but I'm going to make them dance to it. I'm going to make it fun. And that that experiment blew up. And a year later, here we are. We've, we've expanded it. We've kept going. So it was a really weird thing that it's a story that we're still kind of in the middle of. We're still trying to see how this story kind of ends. But in terms of the start. It was what I've always been looking for. I've always wanted to do something on the internet that wasn't just, oh, here's how clever I am. It's something that felt real, that felt like a moment that was bigger than me. And it was bigger than the people that watched it. It was just kind of a moment where we're all like, okay, let's try to fix this by having fun with it. <laughs> what if it doesn't have to end? Because if you think about it, you're a pretty smart guy. I mean, I can tell by the content you put up that you're pretty smart. And, you know, it doesn't have to end. It can keep going as long as I think as long as you are looking at what's out there and questioning it and then talking about it. I don't think it has to end. I mean, now when you die, it will probably end. I'm sorry. You probably didn't know that you were going to die. Wait, because you're what? Young. Die? Yeah, I know. Is that, you, is that how you pronounce that word? Die? I've die. Never. You know what? Your parents are bastards because they don't tell you about that as soon as you're born. You know, they don't go, you know what? I know you're only two, but you're going to die. Hey, you know, when you blow out the birthday candles like that's one day, your candle's going to get blown out. All right. You just, <laughs> just smoke, baby. That's it. What initially got you started with music? Because I know you said 
you had stopped knowing mm-hmm. what you were going to do creatively. So what were you doing before all this happened? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a professional polymath, which means I have my entire existence dabbled in several different things. And one of the reasons that I was drawn to film school as a kid was because at the time film was something that combined everything together, combined music, it combined performance. I liked speaking. I liked telling jokes, but I also liked being serious and tackling. It was the only medium that seemed to capture everything. And most importantly, could capture people's attention. People, people will sit in a dark room with a hundred strangers for two hours and listen and watch one human being show them how creative they are. And I was obsessed with that. I was like, I can't think of another thing on the planet that captures people's attention like that. That when they leave, that they talk about it. And for years, people are still, it's been years since the first Star Wars came out. And we're still wrapped in that culture. That one moment had our attention, had an entire, I was obsessed with that idea. So I went to film school. And one of the things you figure out very quickly in film school is that to get to that point, (laughs) you have to do everything yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, there is no job application for Hollywood. They will not call you and say, uh, hey, would you like to be the next Chris Nolan? We got a Batman thing if you're interested. Uh, <laughs> that's It's never going to happen. Um, Damn it. So you have to do everything yourself. Um, and so when I got to film school, I was expecting it to become like uh, I kind of expected it to be like Hogwarts. Like, oh, I'm going to be surrounded by other kids like me that want to do something crazy. And I was just severely disappointed. <laughs> so I, I pivoted. And I, I started just learning how to make things. So one year I was like, got obsessed with podcasting. And so I started learning about the science of like, how do you put a podcast together? Um, and then another time I started getting into documentary filmmaking, making, because I found that communication study was diving more into the craft of filmmaking than the film studies department was. And in that pursuit, I discovered that I had to start making music because you want to score your own music. You want to come up with your own stuff. And I had a buddy who lived up the street from me that went to the same film school. And so he would come over every day and show me how to make music. And I would show him to do how to do video editing. And then I graduated and then several years happened where I was doing client work. Uh, you know, when you're a polymath, you, you, you pretty easily find very not well-paid work. Like, Oh, we need you to do all of those things you're qualified to do for an hourly rate of like $10 an hour. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And so I was just, you know, for my entire 20s, I was constantly stressing about, you know, how do I prove that I'm the smartest person in the room? How do I get this big Netflix contract? How do I prove that I'm the genius and that they're going to watch me for two hours? And um, it was a massive failure. Everything I worked on, nothing took off. And so when I turned about 26 or 27, um, I, I had like an epiphany. I went to a music festival and I had been listening to music for 10 years. And I just said, dude, I think I got it all wrong. I think music can do more than anything else because I had noticed that no matter what project I had worked on over the last 10 years, music was the one thing I enjoyed making. It was the one thing that fascinated me. I love listening to Hans Zimmer while I'm editing a documentary. You know what I mean? Or uh, just some of the things that electronic music could do. So when I was 27, I said, you know what? I want to be, I think I want to be like a musician, electronic artist. I want to be like a Porter Robinson or a Calvin Harris. I want to be someone who makes like really ethereal things and there were musicians that I was obsessed with at the time and how they had crafted not just music, but a universe. You know what I mean? Like they didn't just have an album and, oh, here's me on stage. I like the bands or the music projects where like you felt like it was a world and you can almost hear what another installment is. Or you'd hear another song and be like, oh, it sounds like so- that so-and-so made that or they're like related somehow. And so I 
you know, I started making music. I did my first live show. It was strictly electronic music. It was like abstract. I did a couple of EPs. They were experimenting with some new sounds, but also trying to figure out like how the hell you make music, like electronic music. And then I, I moved to New York about four years ago. I, I called my brother and I said, uh, I'm unhappy. My job is horrible and I want to do music. I want to do, I think I want to do stand-up comedy too, weirdly. I, I don't know. I'm, I've been obsessed with that my whole life. I, he's like, dude, just come move to New York. Like come live on my couch for a year. We'll figure it out. So I moved there and I was making music and you know, a year later the pandemic hit and suddenly all those new plans were gone. I couldn't play. I wouldn't be able to play my first big venue. I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, but I've always been clever and I've always been able to pivot. So I, I made a virtual DJ show. It was actually one of the first ones ever. Um, I spent six months. I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm not going to let the universe take this from me. So I used all of my skills in animation, video editing, performance. I made a new album and I animated a virtual DJ set. I computer generated like a little table, did the visuals. I projected myself in there. It took six months to make. And I debuted it uh, live streaming wise. And that was the first time I learned how to do live streaming. And we had about 300 people watch it. All people that I knew from Trader Joe's, people I had met. Um, it's on YouTube now. It's pretty, I'm still really proud of that project. And so that was, that was my debut as a musician. I'm going to do electronic music and I'm going to figure out a way to do like experiences. Um, but yeah, but then the pandemic kept punching and kept kicking and, you know, a year still after is. that, yeah, still is right. Um, year after that, everything faded, you know, the, the dopamine of finishing a big project and finally fulfilling the prophecy of becoming a musician had faded and the job was getting worse. They started cutting hours and corporate was doing things to make us feel like we, we weren't going to survive. You know what I mean? It got really scary. So I joined TikTok just to take my, not to get famous, not to get a Hollywood contract, not to do any of this, just to do something, just to have a hobby between working a 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift where I know people are going to spit on me. And the craziest thing happens that that thing is the thing that ended up taking off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we made random videos trying to figure out my voice. And then, you know, when when incompetence hit, it was it was different. It, it wasn't a situation where I was trying to prove myself. It was like everything made sense. It was like, no, 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 no. It's okay that you went through trauma. It's okay that you didn't have the greatest relationship with your father who did weaponized incompetence. It's good that you spent six years learning how to do electronic music. It's good that you figured out how to make a universe instead of just a single song or a single album. And it's good that for once in your life, you are listening and not trying to prove how clever you are. And it worked out. And so we've been building this universe and I figured out that that word is the word is called chaos it's the idea of saying what everyone's thinking but doing it in a way where the people that disagree with it even if they disagree with it that disagreement's not going to stop it okay great you know you, you you think that you not doing dishes is okay that's fine your wife is still going to hear that song and she's going to sing it to you every single time you don't do it you will never there's a song on my new album the intro one of my favorite things is there's an introduction to the album that kind of tells the story of the album, like how it got made. You know, it self-contextualizes it so that if you were never on TikTok, you'd get what was going on. And towards the end, I'm literally just taunting men. I just say, you know, you can try your tricks on me, but it's it's not going to work. You know, if, if you don't do those dishes, you're going to hear the end of you never you're going to hear my song until the day you die. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun with that. Uh, sorry, that was like super long, but it, it's a fine. story that I've I, I, it's hard to tell because it's so. I'm still in the middle of it and it's still beautiful and it, it, it's weird and it's it's hard at the same time because I'm someone who always thinks that I've always hated the things that have happened in life. And 
this has been the first six month period where it, it seems like it was supposed to happen. And I hate that phrase. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brent. So basically I, I like went all up into your business. You probably felt me there earlier today. Um, <laughs> day two of the conquest. But um, so I went in and looked at all of your social media. I mean, every part of it I could find. Your TikTok, you have uh, over 640,000 fans. You have over 12 million likes. Your YouTube, you have over one point. You have a lot of subscribers. <laughs> He's like, I can't even read my own writing. He's and like, then, you have a lot. And then what, what totally killed me, because I, I was afraid to go to Spotify because I liked all your stuff. You know? Right. And and I'm a musician, too. And I... I, it it kind of makes me bitter that I only make point zero 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 eight cents a stream. Yes, it kind of hurts my feelings. But I went there and I saw yours, and the first thing that popped up was, "Oh, I have over sixteen thousand monthly listeners," and I'm like, "That bastard!" And then I was <laughs> like, I went into my artist side, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna compare him to me and see what mm-hmm. all's going on." 3,000 followers, 1.5 thousand streams a month. Mm-hmm. That's that's some good money there, man. You could, you know what? You are on your way to only having a part-time job. Uh, correct. That is, that is absolutely you, correct. You are on your way, man. And so that was, I was impressed with that. But what I'm getting to is my real question is, what is man cold? <laughs> uh, uh, I, they think it's the plague. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So see, I can already tell by her face. She knew exactly what it is. So man cold is a phenomenon where for some reason, uh, married men, men in general, like we, our pain threshold is so low and we are so offended by the concept of not feeling a hundred percent healthy that when we get the slightest inconvenience that is thrown at us from our body and our immunity, we act like we are dying. <laughs> so a man cold is, um, it's basically you getting a cold, but acting like you're dying essentially. <laughs> and it's, it's apparently, I say apparently, I mean, it's, it's obviously like, it's frustrating for women who are like, oh, I, you know, I, I went through pregnancy twice and you got one cold and suddenly <laughs> woe is me, woe is me. So it's, it, mm-hmm. I have a song on my album called man cold that we have a little bit of fun with that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I can't but wait. to be honest with you, I was thinking it's because, and this is my personal thing. My entire life, I have been sweating my balls off everywhere I go. And there's always one woman complaining about how cold it is. And so I thought it was about that. Would you like to know why? Because it's cold. I keep it cold. <laughs> now that I have kids, I understand. You know, they're they're not now. any good if they're popsicles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought it was literally about men always have it so cold, but maybe they don't. And that's a <laughs> but that's a that makes sense about your about yeah. your song though. Yeah. And here's what I enjoy about what I'm doing now. And again, I've only been a a, a comedy musician for about eight months now. But here's what I'm enjoying about it so far is that it is a very interesting form of alchemy. So while you were talking just now about what you thought man cold was, I was paying very close attention to the facial expressions that she was making. And I noticed (laughs) 
And I noticed that, you know, that that always fascinates me is that we learn that very early in film school is that, you know, when you edit something and you put together a movie, you have to take into account the fact that every person that comes into the movie theater is bringing with them a lot of creative decisions. If you have a scene that is three minutes long that features sexual assault, someone who is actually a sexual assault victim, that scene will appear to be 20 minutes long. If you get what I'm saying, like that is a really long scene to endure if you've gone through that. So, Everybody brings new things with them. So while you're discussing uh, your your theory as man cold, is hilarious, by the way, um, her facial expression is telling a different story. Her facial expression is telling me that she has experience with seeing men either have a low pain threshold or that it makes her feel as though, you know, OK, well, if that level of pain is unacceptable for you, why is it acceptable for me? So that is obviously a huge issue in a lot yeah, of once a month. I feel like I'm dying, but no one cares. Right. And also, uh, but yeah, so going from that right there, that yeah. visible difference. And now suddenly I'm sitting in the middle of the woods with a piece of paper and a pen. And I'm asking myself, okay, is there a way that I can flip these two people's emotions? Is there a way that I can get her to laugh and him to be like a little confused and maybe him a little uncomfortable or maybe him like, a, and so that's where the fun is, right? But you do it in a way where both people end up using it to communicate or make it so out in the open funny that no one can get away with it anymore. I mean, I've gotten so many emails from people saying that uh, every time my husband pulls the shit, I just hum the bass line to your song. And he literally starts working better. <laughs> and I'm like, That's he starts, oh he's God. a machine. I've become, I I've become the grim reaper of the fucking kitchen. You know what I mean? Like that. I enjoy <laughs> that. The planet right now is like, fuck you, Art. <laughs> right. So, so I, I was writing down. So let me talk to you about man cold real quick. So there were moments where I was saying, I was like, okay, what is the real problem here? So that's stage step one is, okay, we want to flip their two emotions. Stage two is, okay, what is this really about? Like, why does the man cold? I mean, let's say that the man cold is a problem, right? But why does it really bother them? Oh, it's not. No, it's not the man cold. It's, it's the concept of they have to feel that pain every single month. That's way worse than that. Right. But it's worse than that. What's really going on here? Oh, so then I have to start thinking about my ex-girlfriends and I have to start thinking about women in my life and my friends and what they go through. And I start remembering they never get their diagnoses taken seriously at the doctor. Every time they tell the doctor that they are in horrible pain, that their insides are ripping them to shreds, they give them birth control and say, get over it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what's going on in here. It has nothing to do with the man cold. It has to do with they're not taking seriously. So knowing that now we can have some fun with that. We can say lines in the song like, you know, my, my wife is like really, really giving me a hard time for nothing. Like I, I know she's been pregnant for like eight months or whatever, but I, my fever is 98.7. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. Like you write one line. One line that by one literal decimal point, 98.6 versus 98.7, your reaction to want to hit that character is like hilarious. It's like, you fucking dummy. <laughs> and see, now both of you have the exact same facial reactions. You're both smiling and you're both laughing in the exact same way. And that's what I live for. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't make me uncomfortable. But there's different kinds of uncomfortable, right? So there's like obvious mm -hmm. uncomfortable where you're like, wow, I'm uncomfortable in this conversation. But there's also uncomfortable where like, okay, now I feel like that if I ever get a cold again, I feel like I can't, I, I probably shouldn't complain too much about it, right? Like it's not a no. serious uncomfortable, but it's no, like. No, I'm, I'm going to play the song for her and then I'm going to lean into that. <laughs> that's a choice. That is a choice. You, you, may, have a, you may have a real injury after that. He might. 
it's just it's Julia just, it's is so patient. I don't, she is I don't, so patient, and I don't know how you got so lucky. Ev, ev, everything, you. everything <laughs> we kind of do in our relationship is just really cool, and I'm very I'm very fortunate because she helps with the creativity that I have, even though it's nowhere near compared to yours. But um, she helps with that, and me doing that is also me recognizing that there is a difference between us. Right. But I just do it the opposite way. (laughs) Right. And and what's awesome about that, though, is that it it doesn't sound like it's a malicious thing, too, right? Because, you know, there's, you know, we can debate for hours as as to whether or not there actually is like a difference between the culture of men and culture of women. I, I am of the opinion that because of the way that we toxically raise ourselves and we are raised by society that, uh, that, that men are at a huge disadvantage because we are we are never willing to do the work to fix ourselves and it's it's a problem and then like the fact that we get all of our dating advice from other men in the same grade as us <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> dude here's what women want really jeremy who's also in the seventh grade please tell me what women want in a relationship it's so, always a jeremy isn't it it's always a jeremy <laughs> oh my god now i'm thinking of every jeremy i've ever dated uh-huh. <laughs> right. So it's like so it, so there's that, but there's also like the maliciousness is the is the issue, right? Real maliciousness. Like one of the things we talked about in the early days in in the incompetence saga, right? When I was making videos, is you know there are things I I was very I was very clear like there are things I'm not great at, but there's a difference between not being good at it and like willingly not wanting to learn or get better at it. So what you're describing is like it sounds like super healthy. Like you guys have a lot of fun. You guys joke around. Like you can go. You know that that is a really good thing. The problem is that there are a lot of ones out there who don't have something that that, that, that that's operating at that high of a dimension. They're literally just weaponizing uh, being dopes in order, you know, like, okay, really, yeah. you can, you can, you can schedule a tea time, but you can't schedule a doctor's appointment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a <laughs> weird situation. So I don't know. You guys, you guys seem awesome, by the way. I, I really, oh, I really. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Girlfriend gave me chores, but I don't want to do them. Gotta be a way I can get right through them. But to try a brand new form of a gaslight, gonna make her do them. But first I gotta ask, right? Listen, babe, if I do it, I'ma mess it up. Listen, babe, is this the way that you wash a cup? I can take the trash, girl, I'm not that stupid. But could you maybe show me how to do it? Dance, dance, bound to do my little incompetence. 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 That I do it last year, but I haven't yet Really need a way I can get out of doing it Lazy boy day, and I don't want to ruin it Listen, babe, I got sushi for our din-din Listen, babe, how about a movie and a night in? Now she's laughing at her man Ryan Reynolds $20 sushi, and that shit is paying tenfold Dance, dance, bound to do my little incompetence Dance, bound to do my little incompetence Dance Bound to do my little incompetence Dance I'm bound to do my little incompetence I'll tell you a secret that you always know It's not that dumb We're only playing dumb with you Help me find my shoes, hey 
So you started doing electronic music, and as somebody who used to DJ, and I'm not going to get my age, but I used actual turntables and a microphone. Oh, iconic. <laughs> iconic. Um, what gear did you start on? What gear did I start? Oh, um, <laughs> you're not going to like this. So <laughs> I, I actually not. started software first um, because I was. That's not uh, that uncommon. Right. I, I was, we're kind of in an, we're kind of in an era right now where that, that is a lot of people's like, you like you go digital and then you fall in love and then you start going like, I, I got some, I got some cords I got my eye on, but believe me, but like, yeah, so I started with software. I started with logic pro. Um, mm-hmm. it was kind of just like a simple, it's what my buddy Chris was using at the time. So, uh, I, you know how it is like you can use any different software, but it, it, I had a teacher who was my friend who was right there. That is really helpful because there's a learning curve with a lot of, of DJ stuff that people don't really think they think, oh, you can just hit the button and, and the two things will do this magic. And it's like, oh, no, no, no that's not it. That's I no. wish that was it. Now I have a deck right now. I have a, a tractor control that I, I want that hit. by the way <laughs> it is so much fun but yeah. it does have a sync button but even with the sync button it doesn't match the harmonies it doesn't match always you know one song might be four four one song might not be so yeah technically the beats are on but there's you still have to have that technical skill that a lot of people i'm not trying to be mean but they don't have it right um and so like in my specialty, like throughout my entire career has been like, get good enough to finish something and then fill in the rest of your knowledge along the way. Um, I, my, my brother currently has downloaded logic pro and he's, um, he's learning about how to make music. And so he's like texting me like questions and stuff like that. And so I've been telling him the same thing I've been telling everybody that's in my discord server. That's been trying to get into music making or everybody else. I'm like, guys, understand this. I am not, listen, you're not going to believe me, but I need you to really listen to old Artie right now. I am not a good musician. I never have been. I'm also not a good filmmaker. I also don't make good videos. I finish music. I finish videos. I finish films. And every single time I do them, there's something new that I add to the equation. And so what you guys are perceiving as this perfected state of creativity is just 10 years of me saying, what the fuck is reverb? All right, let's throw some (laughs) reverb on there. But isn't that great that we're in a time where... You can do that. Anyone can create music. You just have to have the gumption to step out there and do it. Yeah. No, I for love sure. it. And, but, love and, and that's why you have to love, you have to love making it. Like I, I got a message from somebody. Oh my God. So I was working. Uh, mm, yeah. Fuck it. Let's tell a story. So I was, when I was working at Trader Joe's, there was a couple of, uh, Trader Joe's is kind of a, a a cultural shower drain of creatives. It's where a lot of them end up. I actually uh, thought of applying to ours. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, please, please don't save yourself your soul. Um, <sighs> so we had there was a musician there who like when I had first started going TikTok famous, which that, that's also like a hilarious story. But when I first started getting TikTok famous, there was a point where, you know, at a certain point, everyone at the store knew, especially since the first the first video that took off for me was a Trader Joe thirst trap. So there was a good month where I was the most famous Trader Joe in the country because I had circulated every Trader Joe hidden crew member page, internal employee. You know, people were literally asking me to send them pictures of myself to prove to their friends that they used to work with me, but they transferred. So they were like, Hey, send a picture of your face to prove I know you. Like it was all that kind of stuff. But we had gotten to a point where I was, I had left that. I, I was starting to get famous for like my music and my comedy. And it actually seemed like I might be leaving soon. 
Um, you know, and so there were, there were a couple of musicians who were, Hey man, like we should do something sometime. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that sounds great. And so there would be situations where I would like run out of studio and I would be doing my work, working on something. But Hey, if you know, if you're in town, you know, if you're around, why don't you just drop by the studio? We'll see what we, we cook up. Right. And it was just the same thing that I saw in film school of just trying, inviting people to work on stuff, trying to get something off the ground. And they just, you know, like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of tired today or, you know, I, I got some of this other thing, but no, I'm super into it. Well, anyway, fast forward to like two weeks ago and I started my marketing for my new album and some of those same people started messaging me again. I'm like, oh, dude, I've been seeing like your whole little album TikTok thing. That's crazy. Yeah. So like, dude, I'm really trying to like do music, man. We, we got to get up sometime and like work on something. And I'm like, dude, the train like has rocket rocketed out of the station. It is it is so far gone. Let's like let's assume for a second that, yes, I was like I have time to like. Like, yeah, I'll go all the way back to New York and we can like go work on some stuff. The, the point is, is that I, I'm not convinced you enjoy making music or enjoy creating stuff. I think what the reason you messaged me is because you saw the end result of those studio sessions of going to go work on stuff. And now that you've seen that, you've been revitalized and you're looking for a shortcut. So now you're messaging me to sort of like pull you into a studio and like, I can't do that for you. So I think you have to love making stuff over and over and over and over again and find it fascinating um, because that's the stuff that's taken off for me. I, I did not think if you go back to incompetence and you go to one video before, you will see a video where I literally say, man, I love that feeling when I'm about to post a fire video. I'm like, damn, I'm about to kill the 37 people that see this. I just enjoyed <laughs> making that song. Um, I had just seen Bo Burnham's Inside a month before, mm -hmm. and I had great. I had gone through a three-week spell where I hadn't made anything. It was the first time, and this is the thing with me and Bo is that me and Bo, he he, he doesn't know who the hell I am, and he probably never will. But what he doesn't realize is that he has been someone who, since high school, since two thousand like eight and two thousand nine, actually before that, two thousand six or seven, um, like I was one of his first subscribers. Like I've been watching him my whole career, and so as as he's been continuing to work and grow, I've also been trying to continue to work. And every time I get to a big point, he's one of those few creatives where I'm like, oh, I just get reminded like how far ahead of me he is, like how much better he is at what I've ever wanted to do. And so he I saw inside. And so I was I was like one of those film kids. that was just like, dude, what, he did it. The son of a bitch did it. That thing that we always theorized in film school. Like, what if you got a camera and you just shot a whole movie in one house and made it good? And we all tried it and we all fucking failed. And then to see him actually do it, I went through like a three week, like I'm not making anything. I was just super depressed. So to go from that to learning to fall in love with making things again. And then six months later, people in the comment section are comparing me to Bo Burnham. It's a, it's a crazy, surreal feeling. And it only started with, okay, let me fall in love with making things again and stop worrying about where I am in my quote-unquote career. <laughs> I think you're right. And that shows how important comedians are, you know, as far as what they do. Because for me, I've always listened to comedy. And every time I listen to comedy, it turns on a different part of my brain. And just skews it just enough so that I can see it. So, for example, when I was a kid, t South Texas, Southern Baptist, sneaking in Richard Pryor to the house so I can listen to it and and absorbing what he was saying, going, God, that, this is making me uncomfortable, one, because I'm freaking eight years old and can't understand it. 
But but there's something about it making me uncomfortable and, and exploring that. And then when Sam Kinison came out and he's making all these Jesus jokes. Yeah. And, and that another twist to like how you look at religion or how you look at Christ or God or whatever, you know, and I would constantly go with the Bible stories, you know, is this what really happened? Okay. If it did, it would probably go down like this. And then I'd make myself laugh because, you know, I just wouldn't share it with someone, you know, (laughs) but, but that's what comedy does. That's what music does. And so, and also him kicking your ass is going to make you better. He, you better hope he never plateaus because as long as he's kicking your ass, you're going to be better. Oh man. See, I didn't have to sneak it. My mom was, was very open-minded and she was like, here, watch George Carlin. So here I am, you know, 12 years old. Like, why do we ever go to church if this is right? And she's like, keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about it. That 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 actually was what my relationship with stand up, you know, because we've talked a lot about music and we've talked a lot about film. But, you know, that that is that was my adult life as a child. Stand up comedy is what I was drawn to. And mm-hmm. the reason is, is because me and my father did not get along at any point during his life. Did we ever really get along? And we had kind of a huge falling out about four or five years ago where I, I suddenly decided that I, I just I couldn't have him in my life anymore. But one thing that was able to get me through childhood with him, you know, the fact that we, we always moved a lot. We also had apartments and we never had like a dinner table. We never sat around a dinner table and talked about our day or talked about, hey, do you guys read the news? What do you guys think about this news? What's going on? He was someone who would only watch. Either. Yeah. He, oh, oh, my, 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 my kin. <laughs> so no, he was someone either. who would, he would go into his room and he would watch things. But, you know, so I didn't know what a family movie was until I went to film school. I was just like, oh, what is that? Like, oh, like, you know, like Pixar and no. stuff like that. No, when I was doing my research and you felt me on your insides. Um, I think we moved on from that. Well, I, I just have to keep saying it because it makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> tell me about your Netflix pitch. And are you doing another one? Because now I think you're at a place where you could really do something really cool. So just kind of talk about that if you if you can. I don't know if you can because yeah, so, I don't know, you know, anything pretty much. <laughs> right. So here's here's the thing is that, you know, for the last for the last decade, I've been a creator who sits in his apartment and just kind of strokes his beard and tries to figure out how to go from being a kid in the middle of the woods to someone who can finally take these weird ideas I have for movies or whatever and then actually get them made. And having been through film school and spent every every ounce of my of my brain power uh, into studying case studies, how did how did this person get this film contract? How did this get done? How did that get done? Um, you know, the first thing I do whenever I see a movie is I go right to the Wikipedia page and ask myself and figure out what the lore behind the movie is. I'm more interested in the lore around it than anything else. Um, and so because of that, for the last 10 years, I've got a bunch of like house of cards level theories about how you could leverage one thing into another thing. Right. And I've always known that the first domino that would ever have to fall is that you have to at some point fall in love with what you're creating enough to make something that actually becomes a moment that actually builds a community that actually does good because that will trump everything else. You can go viral a million times and you will not get that call. If however, 
I had an opportunity to build a community and the community believed in what I was doing and the community was so well versed in the universe that I've created that they could almost regurgitate it and create stuff that fits. I knew that that would get their attention. So we are still very early in that plan, but the first domino fell and competence was the first domino from there. Um, so this is where I should probably mention the imaginary force that I that I love that is responsible for a large part of who I am as a person, because a lot of people have this misconception that it is solely just me and that I am just making things. Uh, I have an imaginary force uh, across the Internet, and, and this force is called the Walls Coven. <laughs> They're very beautiful. It's the name of my Discord server. Um, it's a group of uh, predominantly women who, when I first came out with Incompetence, were skeptical or they were curious as to who this guy was that created this song. It's about six or seven people at the time. It was six or seven people big. And so I started doing live streams at that time. And the thing I started live streaming is I was just doing my dishes every night at 9 p.m. I was just live streaming, doing dishes, answering questions. And they were like fascinated by that. They're like, wait, oh, so you're actually doing dishes. I'm like, yeah. Like, okay, this isn't like a ruse. I'm like, no, I, I made the song for you guys. Like that, 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 that that's it. <laughs> you guys asked me about weaponizing confidence. I made a song about it. Did you like it? They're like, well, we love it. We just don't trust you. I'm like, good. Don't trust men. Throw us all in a volcano. Throw me in first. <laughs> so we kind of built a friendship around that. And then after a while, they, they really started to figure out who I was. And they, they, they figured out that I did have good faith behind the things that I was making. And they learned more about me and where I come from. And so they banded together and became this little moderator group for me during streams called The Coven. And since then, we have grown exponentially. So behind me is like my Discord server is filled with about 125 people. And in there, we have various roles and various people to do different things but we're all kind of on the same page and they 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 know that i have kind of an overall game plan for this album for this era and how it could eventually be done at the netflix scale like we could redo this and do the film version that's a little bit more fantasy um, i have a drawer that's filled with 10 years worth of ideas for tv shows and movies and but the thing about Hollywood and all these things is that, you know, you can be as creative as you want. They, they really only care about one thing. And it's the one word that drives the traffic for everything. Podcasting, videos, movies, music. There's only one word that governs all of it. And the word is attention. There's a concept uh, that I that I wrote about in college uh, called mental real estate. If you were to take every moment that you are awake in the day. It's not a lot of them, right? What do, what do we sleep for a third of our lives? The other two thirds of the day, you're awake. But what are you doing? You're going to work. You're going to the post office. You have to go grocery storing. You know, you have things to take care of your physical body. In between that, there's like void spaces. Like you're waiting in a bus stop that has no Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Everything left after that is mental real estate that you can absorb. Artwork, music, movies, TV, read, think, just free time. And we don't have a lot of that. I think the average person probably has about one to two hours of that a day. So when I used to hear in my 20s, you know, lecturers or professors or students be like, dude, you know, there's enough for everybody out there. I'm like, yes, but understand this. If you take every person in the U.S. and you take all of their mental real estate and then you take every other country in the world and take all of their mental real estate and add it together, that means that they can only absorb so much artwork. Okay. Because of that, Hollywood can only give so many film contracts. There's going to be a thousand film graduates this year. There's only going to be 30 nominated movies at the Academy Awards next year. Everyone in this room 
is not going to get that big Hollywood contract. There's simply not enough mental real estate. There's only so many people that can watch this stuff. So attention is the most important thing. Who has the attention at this point? So one of the things we're trying to focus on is making sure that what I'm working on with this album is something that actually helps people or that they actually enjoy. Uh, while I am someone who believes in creative expression, like, no, man, I'm just going to stick to my vision and I'm going to put songs on that that represent me to a degree. And there are spaces in the album that I'm able to do that. But I also know that I think this album is special. And I think that the, mo the, the moment that it seems to be creating among my Discord server, among the people online, my followers, is too important to let my personal ego of expression get in the way. So we're doing things like I have these little dominoes over here that I wrote each track list on here. And I'm pretending that there's parallel universes. I'm like, okay, what is the parallel universe where the song order is this one, then this one, then man cold, then incompetence. And I'm figuring out what feeling that's going to create. Okay, and then this one. Okay, what if we do it in this order? So I'm very much a UX creator where I'm trying to make sure this has the best possible chance to take off to get the attention of some of these bigger companies that can not only trust my creative vision, but also trust that the community I'm building is it's not just a fan base. It's bigger than that. It's it's a movement where people are. I, I got this beautiful voice message from a Discord user yesterday where they they just said, hey, I know you're really busy finishing the album, but I want you to know your Discord is the only place I've ever felt like seen and accepted. That's what we need. That's what I want to build. And that is something where if I can build it just a little bit more, I think I can get these companies' attention. I really do. Hey, what's up, beautiful listeners? This is Raynell of Sound Pollution dropping into this space to make a quick announcement. We at Sound Pollution are not fans of what is happening in America at the moment. The Supreme Court's rulings over the past three weeks are nothing short of disgusting, and we disagree with all our hearts. I have decided to give advertising space on this podcast away for free to women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus business owners and nonprofits. I am encouraging my listeners to shop from vendors that are part of the solution and not a part of the problem. We love you. Make some noise. So how, how can people get more involved with that? Oh, that's a great question. So a, a great place to start with that is to join my Discord. Um, we we do a lot of very special projects that get tied into my my lore. So I'll give you a fantastic example. I don't know how familiar you guys are or your uh, listeners would be with the way the TikTok works, but there's this concept of a pinned comment under a video where you take one comment and you mm -hmm. pin it right to the top. Normally, it's something used to pin something that's like promotional or positive. Like, oh, my God, I love your work. Pin it to the top so that everyone can see how much I'm loved by people all around the world, right? In my early TikTok days, though, because I'm a psycho <laughs> who's been training in the dark arts of the Internet, the first thing I did on TikTok was I assessed because it's like my fifth video platform. I've been around since YouTube was a baby, right? Um, I was like, okay, what are the things that make TikTok different and special? And one of the things I noticed was the pinned comment. I, I came up with this crazy tactic that we tried out and is one of the main reasons that we are where we are today. You take one comment that is just bad, objectively, horrible opinion. Incompetence, some guy comments, oh yeah, well you should ask women if they know how to change a tire. I saw that. Beautiful, beautiful example pin it right to the top. What's going to happen? Now the person's going to get a flood of notifications because every single time someone responds says, wow, way to go. You ugh, way to go. D Thanks, Chad. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. It's going to get it over and over and over and over again. Congratulations. You are now my prisoner. 
Now you have two options at this point. You can either delete your own comment, which congratulations, you now work for me. You're now one of my moderators. Thanks for clearing up my comment section. Or you can just sit there and take it every single day and just fight and continue to reply. And every time you reply, you're going to come back to my video and not only give me a view, but you're also going to listen to my voice and see my face again. For an entire year, we've been doing that. I have locked up hundreds of pin prisoners. I've made about 12 of them delete their own account. When the Leave Her Alone saga started, some of them actually had to remove their account off the platform because they were getting too harassed. But it's it's one of those things where is there such thing as a bully of a bully? I think not. Most of the time I wasn't taking part. I simply gave the person what they wanted, which was attention. It's always been about attention, that word that I love, right? So three weeks ago, we formed a special team in my Discord. I announced to the Walls Coven. I said, hello, Walls Coven. Like it's just, I keep saying Coven. I need to let everybody know I'm not actually running a cult here. It's just, it's a server. It's a chat room. It's a bunch of people that just get my vibe and they're trying to help me out. Full disclaimer. As you guys know, we have an album coming out and a lot of you have been reaching out saying, is there any way that you can help carry the flames of chaos through the internet? Well, I have good news for you. We're forming a new team. We're going to be calling it the Ember team. And you guys are going to have some very special secret projects within the confines of the server. We had a couple of people join that. Once they came and summoned, we created a channel called The Campfire. And I said, everybody gather around. I have an idea for you. So they sat down and I started talking to them about the pin prison. I was like, so for a year, you guys have seen me do the pin prison, but I'm afraid I haven't been completely honest with you. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, here's the thing. From day one, I've known how this ends. I know that at a certain point, we were going to make an album or have a moment where we were finally going to jump to the next level, come out with an album that takes the internet by storm. There's a problem, though. We have pin prisoners that think they're clever, that they've been locked up and they refuse to delete their comments. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to delete every single thread and make all that time they wasted, all those hours they spent defending their shitty comment useless. Because the week before the album drops, we're going to throw all their comments into the ocean and gaslight the original gaslighters. <laughs> they were hooked. They said, how do we do this? I'm like, well, there's a thousand videos on my TikTok profile. I couldn't possibly comb through them to locate every single pin prisoner, but we have numbers on our side. If each of you takes one month and scans my videos and sends the link in here and tells me where they are, I can go in quickly and delete them. It took them two hours. <laughs> they were done. Oh, oh my God. It took them two They were like, we hours. are going to accomplish this. The Ember team. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, the yesterday. They were done and done. And not to mention that all my moderators are around the globe. So when some of us slept, the other ones started working again. So we do projects like that that help me. And then today, you guys can go check it out. Today, I released a video taunting all of them. I, it basically was a long video with the Joker soundtrack. on it. I said, hey, guys, I want to congratulate you for making it a whole year. You guys defended your bad opinions. You weren't like the other guys that deleted your comments. And, you know, you, you stuck in there. You must be really proud because now that I'm getting bigger and getting more famous, you're probably going to grow with me. In fact, they may write stories about you, about how, oh, that's the pin commenter that made him who he is. But I'm afraid I have bad news for you because I'm not alone. There's an entire team of people that fight for me and they're called the Coven. And over the last two days, they've made every single one of you irrelevant. Congratulations. You're a nobody again. And then we went off into chaos. So it's a situation where I tie these things into my content. So that's what I mean by making a universe. So from the outside, people that stumble into my content, they find stuff like that. And they're like, wait, who is this guy? What is he talking about? What is a pin prison? Who is this coven? And then they carry themselves through the story and they see the story of me being an essential worker and then finally asking women how they feel and then finally listening to them and then using 10 years of failures to build something to change the world. And then ultimately taking these gaslighting men who have been causing them pain and making them look like idiots and making them waste their time. For them, it's more cathartic. They don't even care about the music. They just 
just enjoy the feeling of seeing somebody fight back someone that's been oppressing them for all these years. And that is my art form. That is what we're building. It has, it, you know, and that's why I enjoy this. So it, it's one of those things where when people call me a musician or a comedian, like I, I appreciate it a lot. But the truth is, like, I, I don't know what I am. I just know that I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all it's about. I mean, be creative to be creative is one thing, but like, are you happy? So do you get that many negative comments about your stuff? Because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, my God, I, I am so on board with this. And then I went, I was like, OK, I'm going to go find all of his videos and go through them. I, I, I clearly I was unable to get through them all. So I'm going to have to, like, pace myself. Um, but uh, but I don't I, I can see how a few people would respond, like maybe two. Right. But I don't get a whole bunch of people responding. Are you negatively. new to the Internet? <laughs> I just I, I don't get it because what I have com our comments turned off because I just don't fucking time to deal with the, it. Then let me deal with them. I will deal with them. OK, no, 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 no. See, you guys see that's I'm so glad Uncle Artie has come into your universe. So I want you to imagine for a second that you were uh, decided to go camping in the woods uh -huh. or d let's say you were going to go. Let's say it was like 500 years ago and you're like, you know, what, let's go build our life in the woods. And so you go build your life in the woods and you find the perfect plot of land. Right. But there's a but there's a problem. There's a river in your way that's rushing. Right. You can't transport equipment to that nice little stretch of land because there's a river in your way. Now, you have a couple of options. You could be like, all right, well. I guess we could try to go over the ridge or, you know, what, let's just ignore the river. Let's try to find another, you know, build a whole thing, all that stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. You're looking at it the wrong way. What do you know about that river? It will always run. It's never going to stop running. So instead of trying to look at it as, oh, this river is going to keep us from building this house of ours, of moving this equipment, you build a fucking water mill and you stick it in the river and now you can generate flour and electricity. So that's the thing with the internet. And that's one of the reasons that my videos, I think, work is that, you know, rather than blocking comments or trying to make videos that are, you know, because the most boring content is the ones you see them all the time, where like they're saying something that's so obviously a right opinion that like no one could disagree, right? Though that that is a form of control. The person's afraid that they're going to get comments to disagree with them. There's no opinion on the planet that people couldn't find a reason to disagree with it. So the only thing you can focus on is, do I believe in the message I'm saying? And if someone disagrees with it, am I prepared to fight them back? If the answer to both of them is yes, you can use the internet to your advantage. The fact that 80% of the, po if you go back to the Incompetence Saga, the playlist on my TikTok, I actually made that playlist to, as a case study for this. If you watch that playlist, it starts with Incompetence, but it ends up being about the responses. I make response videos to the comments and build that and use that as a way to drive people to the original traffic. The reason that you saw that I'm getting about a thousand streams a day on Spotify is because I've created what we like to call in my uh, coven a digital cauldron, which is this gigantic bubbling digital pot where you have so many videos pointing in the same direction of that original video that no matter what side of the cauldron they fall in on, eventually they're going to be swirled to the middle of the song. That's how you mm. use them for you. So if I know that I'm going to make a song called Man Cold, I've already got seven sealed envelopes that have comments of what I know they're going to say. Because we did that with Leave Her Alone, right? Sealed what they were going to say. And then I opened it on screen when they said it and it became like a gag. Like suddenly they look like <laughs> idiots. So we've already got sealed envelopes with my Artemis Walls wax seal that my coven was nice enough to design for me. Aww. Um, <laughs> and they're so sweet. They send it's me stuff so all the time. Sweet. 
Um, and it just says like it says things that they're going to say that I know they're going to say. They're going to say, oh, yeah, well, women, blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to use that to generate more content. So I don't know. I focus philosophically on what I know is correct. And if I ever get to a situation where I think I misspoke or I said something incorrect, I make an adjustment. And I even just did a. I think I just did a video a couple weeks ago where I was saying that, like, guys, I don't have the best opinion. Sometimes when I say something, you guys think that I'm being very, like, wow, he's being very harsh. It's like, no, it's because I'm trying to tell you exactly what my opinion on that is, what my opinion is, to invite you to disagree. Because I think a big reason why evil is allowed to exist in the world, uh, in politics and everywhere else, is that people like to live in the gray area to hide the fact that they're evil. So we've talked a little bit. We've talked a lot about incompetence. Let's talk about leave her alone. Oh, Let's talk about that Picasso. jam. Which, by the way, um, I had a moment when I went, I know it's like bad. You're not supposed to. I, I go for a run or a walk like every other day. And there's not a lot of sidewalks where I live. So, like, I've got, like, one area or I can drive my car somewhere else. And in $5 a gallon, that's not happening. So, I was on my walk and... This guy in his police uniform that I'm pretty sure wasn't real in his weird car sees me running, swerves his car, is staring at me. And I happen to have you were like in a playlist of mine. So I just unplugged the headphones. <laughs> and oh I'm not sure if he heard it or not, but then. Also, because I wanted to hear what Frico was going to do, so I took off my headphones. He actually went up the street, turned around, parked, and waited for me to leave the neighborhood before he left the neighborhood again. Wow. Did you weaponize me? Is that what you did? A little bit. I'm not sure if you heard it. It was just my phone, but I was just like, oh, the timing's so beautiful, uh -huh. and I'm just going to let it be. That's awesome. You know, it's wild. Like that's not even the first, that, that, that's not the first time someone told me they did that. I, we had a couple of people on our server say, no, I, I blasted it because this guy was not getting the hint. And I was like, okay, all right. And now you've sent me an MP3. So see, here's what's <laughs> going to happen now. It's getting <laughs> downloaded directly to my phone. Yes. And the next time I go to a bar and a drunk old redneck thinks it's okay to grab my ass or the middle of my back as I walk through the room, I'm hitting play. Oh, well, I appreciate the product placement. <laughs> uh, no, that, that that makes me very happy to hear. You know, it's weird to hear like, you know, like like we were saying, I think we all have a mutual appreciation for uh, comedy. And the fact that you could like use it in the real world. <laughs> is kind I mean, of I, like I said, I'm not sure if it would have made a difference, but I think the fact I mean that I noticed him and then I played the music loud like you're not. Well, even if it makes you feel in that it made moment, me feel. Yeah. That, that that's that's a usefulness you know that, that 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 has utility like oh i you know it's like singing row 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 your boat when you have to go take the garbage out and it's dark outside you know it, it helps you get through it <laughs> <laughs> i think it was more of empowerment yeah for sure um so when i was listening to your stuff i was specifically hearing cake oh yeah a little bit of cake. i mean now 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 you didn't have a horn section or a trumpet solo, but your flow is very mm -hmm. cake. Do they have an influence on you? Um, n no, but well, no, but it's a couple people did point that out to me. And upon going back to listen to that, I was like, Oh, I, I've, I vibe, I vibe with cake. I, I vibe with it a lot. Like, I, I think we have a very similar 
appreciation for certain styles and rhythms that I, I definitely resonated with it. It's one of those things where like, you know, when people ask you your influence, like, you know, we're influenced by everything. I was influenced by a, by a Paw Patrol song I heard the other day on TV when I heard it. I was like, oh, that's kind of catchy. Like, I like that. I like that situation they got in that title sequence. But why um, are you watching Paw Patrol? Oh, I was in a I was in a, a store that had a bunch of oh. stuff on, you know, previews and they had Paw Patrol on. <laughs> Market research. Market research for catchy melodies. No one's writing anything catchier than uh, Kit Children Joe's. I'll be honest. The one thing I did not like about Leave Her Alone was the fact that you constantly abuse the guitar. Not where the hell is the guitar? <laughs> I want a freaking guitar song. No, oh, that's I, I. I think your content would be good for other styles of music. Mm-hmm. So, because when I heard your stuff, I was like, "Oh my god, maybe he'll send me some lyrics." Right. And I could put like my crap to his lyrics, and I was like, "He probably doesn't want to do that because then I'd ruin his whole vibe and stuff." No, no. Well, look, no? Can, well, can I tell you? Can I tell you something right now? Inside yeah. the uh, the arty verse, we call it. Uh, inside the arty verse, the deep confines of the walls coven. We're actually getting. We're we're just about to launch a new role within the server, and they're called the Wolves of Chaos. And this is a great idea that my coven came up with. Um, the idea is that anyone who does a cover or does a remix of it are considered the wolves of chaos, someone who is howling into the wind and carrying on the the message that we're sending here. So we're actually going to be really hyping up artists who run with my music and do other things with it, both in my TikTok, within my server. We have like a special badge and a special channel where they're going to be there. We're going to feature artists that do that. Um, so, so yeah, my, my community is becoming a place where like, yes, it is about me, but it's also about giving a lot of people who resonate with this and are also creative an opportunity to do this in the same way that I felt locked out of the industry for 10 years. I'm trying to do whatever I can to enable other people who are musicians or comedians or dancers. So, um, yeah, if, if you, if you did something with my music, I, I would not only be greatly honored, but you would find yourself immediately circled by digital witches who would be in love with you. <laughs> so get to work, Brent. When does the album drop? The album drops on July 15th, and it will be available everywhere. <laughs> It'll be a Deezer, Tidal, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, the, the whole shebang. You'll be able to download the MP3s on my, on my uh, I have an online store. You'll be able to download the album. A lot of people I discovered through our market research still have MP3 players. So right before. Hey, I love that. Oh, we're going to hype the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I was going to tell you um lever alone has a great has a my favorite line i will go fast i apologize i like the line that, i don't think you know that, what to do with somebody else being the talker this is i'm just here to steer the conversation or interrupt brent <laughs> piss him off that's all i do I, this this listen, i appreciate I'm you sorry, guys, what my, was that, brent? my favorite lyric is if what i is can't it? harass them how am i supposed to sleep with them and then the chorus kicks off lever alone yeah. I love that. And then at the end of the song, you have hands up if you want to be left alone. What is that like in a live setting? I can just see oh. it just being yes, what so fun. Live shows? What, what is that like? like? A live show? I was just, I was like, run as an artist, I think about, you know, the perfect show I want to build. And I was like, oh my God, if I had that, a song like that, right? And I could put your hands up in the air if you want to be left alone. That's just. So yeah, um, Leave Her Alone was very special because that song was not planned in any way, shape, or form. Uh, 
Um, in fact, I've been recording a documentary about this entire saga since we started getting behind the scenes footage of in between live streams in between my coven meetings in between other stuff. I'm just making video journals of like the different stages and how I'm actually feeling because this has all been kind of crazy for me. Um, and a week before leave her alone came out, I actually had my first major breakdown over this album because we had, in my opinion, at the time lost our way. I'm like, this is not, this does not continue on from incompetence. We're right back to trying to prove how clever we are again. I don't like how this feels. And so I stopped for three days and I just, I was like, you know what, if, I, if I'm going to do, if, if I'm going to get this album back on track, I need to go back to what I was doing pre-incompetence, which is listening again. And so I went through TikTok and I just started watching videos again. And eventually someone said, yo, can someone make this? Some girl was talking about a story about her being harassed, similar to how you were being harassed. And then it stitched with another guy who was like, can someone just like make this a song? And I was like, Oh, I could do it. <laughs> I could do that. And so I made it secretly and didn't even tell the coven until it was done. And I said, guys, uh, this wasn't planned, but I have a new song. And we're going to release the single like next week. Um, the reason I say that is because I was so ready to get the album back on track. And I was so ready to try things that I had not tried before that for that song, I experimented instead of like in my, I'm in my recording studio now, instead of like recording it, I tried to pretend that we were doing a live performance of this song. Um, because I realized that about 10 dominoes down on my crazy plan is sometime this fall, we're probably going to do like a chaos live show and we're going to figure out how to translate it to that. So I was like, okay, so we need to start thinking about designing this music to be good in a live setting. So I stood up from this stupid chair <laughs> and I turned the four <laughs> bar loop on. We had done the chorus. We had done, you know, the verse and all that stuff. And then it got to that last part where the kick drums is like, dude. Dude, dude, and the synthesizer's going, and I just like had the microphone and I turned it on. And I just put that on repeat. And as I was standing there, I was like staring through the wall and be like, okay, you've you're in a live show. You you have gotten your album made and you're finally doing your first major performance. This crowd is filled probably with a lot of women who feel heard and who felt at some point in my saga felt seen and they paid money to come see you and they're now surrounded by other women who feel the exact same way this has got to be one of the one of the more empowering moments of their life and so what what do i say in this moment that makes them feel an instant connection with those around them and i just i literally just put my hand I said put your hands up if you want to be left alone and it just was like so hype i was just like yes that is it hands up if you want to be left alone i want to be left alone i don't like being talked to in new york city i got harassed every time i went to work i got mugged the first 6 months i was in new york city and since then i've had like this thing with random people approaching me yes i want to be left alone too and so i felt like if you were a woman and you were like putting your hands up and you just saw a sea of hands just shouting. I was like, that's got to be beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, that's how we made that. That's going to make an experience for the people at the show. They will actually be participating in what you're creating. And that's what people want when they listen to music or go see a band. They want to be part of the show. You know, they want, they want, they want, to help you perform as good as you can. They want to give back to you what you give to them. So I think that's awesome. Cause I was, yeah. I could, I could actually see it when you said I was like, damn fuckers a genius. Well, it, but it was important cause I didn't know the right answer. I, I didn't. And I just said like, okay, let's once again, pretend I don't have the right answers. And like what feels right standing up and acknowledging who's going to be in the crowd and what their story is. And so it just, it just worked. <laughs> Most of my art comes from like figuring it out, but like 
accepting that I don't know the right answer. And that's uh, every time I've done that, that's been the stuff that people say, oh, my God, that was so genius how you it's like, I, I think it's genius, too. It's not my idea. It came out of a situation that I just yielded control over. So I don't know. Listeners, this is Raynell of Sound Pollution. I just wanted to remind everybody that we have an upcoming mini tour in the Austin, Texas area this October. Acts will include Thumper Salyer and Eddie Serber of RMA, Dark Soft, Masonic Block, Round Rock Rick, Trashy Annie, and of course your Uncle Brent. Things are ever evolving as we move closer to the event, so make sure you are following the podcast across social media for all the latest info. If you are interested in performing at one of the shows, especially our acoustic show, which is a benefit for Meals on Wheels, reach out to us at our email at soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Make some noise. I think it's really cool you know what your demographic is, because that's important. 
do you know what your age demographic is? Because uh, pretty much, I mean, other than people like me, which I don't think there are a lot of, it's women. So do you know your age demographic or breakdown of oh, age? Yeah. Like like the back of my hand. Uh, and it's evolved over time. And it, what's interesting is that originally it was very heavily female. But as I've been making more songs that have been talking about other things, we've start, we started seeing that balance out because it's oh. like, you know, they, the fact that a lot of them were expecting this album to be a, continu- a direct continuation, the way that Incompetence was written is when I wrote the first verse, and there was only one verse originally, they started suggesting a second verse. And they said, oh, talk about how he doesn't fold towels correctly. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to tell you something that you don't see coming. I'm going to tell you about how we buy you takeout whenever we want to distract you from the fact that we didn't construct a cabinet that we promised we'd do a year ago. They're like... Wait, what? That's a thing? Yeah, no. Yeah. Rabble goes deeper than that. So then when I came out with part two, they started doing it again. They're like, oh my God, you should do one about... I'm like, no, 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 no. If you know what's coming, this isn't going to be chaos. You're not going to feel that burning irritation of finding out something that you should have seen the whole time. So on the third part, I was just like, what is the, what is the bottom of all this? What is at the center of this song? Oh, I'm just the devil disguised in a fitted sheet. I'm, I was sent here to destroy you. This has nothing to do with dishes. Men are evil and so that is kind of what the album is doing in the same way that in that song we spiraled to the center chaos is an album that's going to spiral towards the center yes men are garbage yes men are harassers yes man can get man colds yes i also get irritated when i when i don't know the password to my email uh yes i do love it when people on the internet from another country give me validation because my friends and family don't do it oh my god this is a mental health album this doesn't have shit to do with dishes. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think because we're spiraling mm-hmm. the mental health issue, I think it's balancing out. So yeah, right now my demographic is 70% female, uh, 23% male. Uh, uh, the main thing is 23 to 20. I actually, Oh wait, hold on. I have the thing right here. One second. Uh, yeah. Uh, 63% of my listeners are between the ages of 23 and 34. So this all checks out, right? These are all issues that are affecting that age range. Uh, it makes sense that originally it's skewed. Originally it was 93% women and now it's become like 70%. So it's starting to balance out, which means that they're starting to figure out what I'm all about. And it's, it's the fact that no, we, we all do have issues, but every song we're going to target a specific thing and we're going to think about it and we're going to talk about it. And then afterwards, we're going to we're going to realize that, OK, maybe we can fix that. OK, what else you got? What else is a problem that we're dealing with? So it's it's been really fun seeing that uh, play out in real time. Do you have any upcoming performances? You kind of alluded to something in the fall. We have nothing scheduled, but uh, th- this is this is one of those things where we we are we are operating. I, I I have a distant idea of what dominoes are supposed to fall next. I know that in the fall. Uh, I will be doing a couple of live performances somewhere. We are still honing on where we have all sorts of data from our Spotify thing that tells us where to do it. And I'm considering doing another. We we were able to fund this album 100% from a Kickstarter campaign. So there is a good chance that if I decided to do another Kickstarter campaign, it's like, oh, we're actually going to build chaos into a performance that could actually go to different cities and try things out. My research tells me that we wouldn't have a horrible time 
fundraising that. But there's also the possibility that if I can get enough listens on the album in the first month, I could just contact an agent and go right into Netflix and start pitching them the idea of making a film version of Chaos or use all this behind the scenes footage that I've been sneakily collecting so that I could show up with a hard drive and be like, listen, uh, you can spend a lot of money on doing a documentary or you can take the footage that I already have right here and make me executive producer. You got two options. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So we've got we've got plans. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be doing a live show sometime this fall. Um, we have to see how the album does first. So last question. What advice would you give a young songwriter? <laughs> uh, don't listen to me. <laughs> that's the first <laughs> thing I would tell them. Uh, no, I I mean, oh, that's tough because I've been a songwriter for like six months technically. Um, I, I would say that like in terms of just like creativity and like being an artist, there is nothing you're ever going to do of any significance if you are solely focusing on proving you're the most clever person in the room. And that comes from having an entire life where I had a God complex and it was like, no, there's no one better than me at this film school. There's no one better than me in North Carolina in video editing. I'm the best electronic musician to arrive to New York city. I'm the most creative person at this Trader Joe's a lifetime of a God complex. And then finally I broke down because <laughs> it's not sustainable. Nobody, nobody is a God. Nobody is infallible. Nobody is that clever. So when that happens, if you just put all of your energy into something you enjoy making, whatever that is, it will take off. So don't say I want to be the next big songwriter, write songs and see what happens. I came to New York wanting to be uh, a DJ and a stand-up comedian. I left New York as a TikToker. That was not in my playbook. <laughs> So I, I never, know. I never would have thought of being a podcaster. Right. So, but, but you probably focused on skills that apply to podcasting. So I, I don't think you're ever going to make it as a songwriter. I think you're going to make it as someone who writes songs. I think there's a huge difference between those two sentences. <laughs> and where can people find you? We've talked a lot about TikTok and everybody knows that Artie's on TikTok, but where else are you? Um, I am, I, as the album is, well, at the time of this, the album's about to come out. So I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I have a website. It's artemiswalls.com. By the time you hear this, it will look nice and pretty for you. And on all of those social medias, there's a link in my bio that has a link to all the other social medias. So we have a very beautiful little cauldron in place to, uh, let you fall into the artiverse. <laughs> Thank you so much. And again, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, it's been crazy the last six months having uh, just, you know, thousands of people a day trying to message me and comment. And so to be able to take a chance to not just be isolated in the woods and you guys not be commenters and have a real conversation with fellow creatives is fantastic. <laughs> All right, Artie, thank you so much for being on the show. We really yes. appreciate you. Seriously. Oh, please have me back. And I, I, was, I, I We will. No, we, we will. will. Even I, if you're an utter failure. Especially if you're an utter failure. Bro, you guys, ask people think I got 640,000 friends. I don't, man. I'm in the middle of the woods in a cottage, basically. Like, I, it's lonely, man. Smart. Have me back. I'm in a city in a little tiny, in a, in a little condo in the bottom, like, people. You uh -huh. know what? I think we're all in the middle of the woods in a cottage. <laughs> emotionally. Emotionally. Leave oh. me alone. Of course, some of our cottages are on fire. But, you know, I won't go on about that. I really like the thought he puts into what he does. That was I enjoyed talking to Mr. Art T. Thank you so much, Artemis, for being on the show. We can't wait 
to hear your album, which will drop two days after this episode. So drop down into that episode. Oh, we are special. Drop down into the description section below. Go to the website. Buy the album. Support the independent musicians. Buy their music. Buy their merch. Website. Because if, if you don't support them, they'll have to support themselves. And that sucks being one of those people. Help us help them as well by going to our Patreon yes. and becoming a, a, pa- a patron, a patron, a, pa- a, patron a patron of Patreon. And, and I know there's not much on there right now, but that's only because we have like two patrons. We're going to start doing little mini shoot the shits and throw a song in here or there. Shoot the shits. Shoot the shits. I know. Thanks, Thanks for hanging out. Listening, download the episode, support independent musicians, and make, make some noise.